talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. Andrea Hutchinson's a fifth-generation Oklahoma rancher who grew up on the land that her great-grandfather settled in 1893. She and her husband, Brad, have four children and 11 grandchildren that have also grown up on that ranch. And today, Andrea works to protect the property rights of many landowners and cattle producers against the heavy hand of global centralized control that is incrementally bringing loss of freedom and liberty to age-old cattle producers. Through suffocating sustainable regulations that must be monitored and measured to meet the ever-moving targets within air, land, water, and animals all needed to produce food, global elites and radical extremists attack the world's resource and food producers daily, driving thousands out of the business and costs through the roof. Andrea has served on many state and national agricultural boards, and in 2018, with the help of her husband, founded the Oklahoma Independent Stock Growers Association to push back against the lobbying efforts of those who are ushering in the agenda of centralized control upon Oklahoma cattle producers and landowners. I'd like to welcome to The Reckoning, my friend, Andrea Hutchison. Thank you, Timothy, for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to, to have, yeah, it's great to have you. And I should mention that folks can follow you on X at Chain Ranch Lady, C-H-I-N Ranch Lady, and find out more about what's going on in Oklahoma and indeed throughout the Midwest. Andrew, this really is a coordinated, concerted effort to kill the beef industry, isn't it? it yes, it is. And I've just been watching it for so many years. And I believe that the reason I see it is because we're in the middle of it. We're daily, we're, we're experiencing um, regulations and plans for our, for our businesses that our business that by people that don't have any expertise in our business and they have an agenda. It's really complicated. They've got an agenda and they use people. The, the ones that have the global centralized control agenda have used associations, organizations, um, land-grant universities, all the whole gamut for um, to, to infiltrate and to get um, on board seats, work their way onto board seats to, to create policy that will eventually destroy us. And we've seen it. Um, where do you want me to start? Because I can start clear at the first or um, kind of tell you a little bit about our history and how I be how I found out what was happening. Yeah, why don't you do that? When did you first that might uh, be realize way yeah. to do it? There's because it's gotten so complex and complicated. For the average person, when I told someone I was going to be on this radio show, they said, don't tell them everything you know, because I could be here. I've got the charts and I've got lots of speeches that I've made, but it's because I've witnessed it. And I kept thinking I could end my message like there would be a time to end it and we could get in. A, I'm in the process of writing a book of, of the experiences that I've seen. 
but it never stops. It's like they've got one more thing for you to do. It's one more hoop to jump through, and it's all under the sustainable initiative, like for us to be sustainable. And but I'll kind of back up and tell you how I how I began to see it unfold. Um, I was the Oklahoma Cattlewoman President, and I served in that capacity for two two terms, and that put me on a national board, the Cattlemen's Beef Board. And that was when I watched, um, and this Cattlemen's Beef Board is tied to the checkoff, um, and it's a mandatory checkoff. It's like a tax um, on our cattle. If you sell an animal, you, you pay a dollar a head. So it creates this big coffer, and it's it's intended to be used for advertising, um, uh, promotion, advertising, educating the consumers, and researching. That's what our dollar is supposed to be used for. But during this time of being on that board, I watched the infiltration of radical groups come in and start to tell us how we're we're to be sustainable, and. In 2010, um, Jason Clay with the World Wildlife Fund came into that a convention that we were having. It was a summer conference in Denver and, and told the, the people there in attendance that you're not sustainable. You're going to have to change your production practices. Well, our ranch is 120, 30 years old. And We've been sustainable, but it took a lot of hard work, and it wasn't because Jason Clay told me told us how how to to produce. But it, yeah, I was and, and not only not only is your ranch sustainable, but it sustained your family through seven generations. A lot yes. of evil, a lot of evil is done in the name of this word sustainable and sustainability. Yeah. And I want to get into that word a little bit more after these okay. headlines. We're lighting the fuse of freedom here on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT Radio News. Huge news, 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 news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Text messages have emerged between Nathan Wade's divorce attorney, Terrence Bradley, and Ashley Merchant, an attorney for one of Donald Trump's co-defendants, revealing discussions about Wade's affair with Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. Former President Donald Trump plans to visit Eagle Pass, a Texas border town significantly affected by illegal immigration. Opposition leader Peter Dutton has urged the Australian government to publicly identify the ex-politician accused of espionage for a foreign country. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Andrew, the word sustainable came into vogue in the 1990s, first with Agenda 20 that they've revised now to Agenda 2030. Who died and left these people in charge of what is and what is not sustainable? That's what I've asked myself. Um, I did some more research. I researched constantly. And Gro Brundtland with the Brundtland Report back in the 80s, 1987, she's a devout socialist coined the term sustainable development is what I've uncovered. And from that point, then they've just, they've just brought it in. I don't know if you've heard of the triple bottom line. I have not. Okay. That's three circles and it's environment. You have to become environmentally, environmentally acceptable, socially, socially acceptable. And there's an economic component and where they intersect 
is that's the sweet spot of sustainability. But they're the ones that that move the. They tell you how how that how to do it within so the social atmosphere and, and the the environmental as, aspect of it. So they're constantly bringing in regulations within air, land, water, and animals. And it's just a barrage. It's like you're a turret gunner. Like, okay, we can't do that. You know, you just can't stay afloat doing following the the regulations that they've put in place or trying to put in place. And we fight lobbyists. We that um, my husband and I started the Oklahoma Independent Stock Growers Association uh, in 2018, and that was um, an effort to kind of counter the lobbyists that are bringing in the, these environmental social rules for us and going along with the, the agenda to put one more, put, put one more thing in our economic. Yeah, Cause they're really say, not interested. They're, they're, they're not interested in any of the initiatives they say they're interested. What they're interested in doing is making it so complex and so expensive it's, for you to stay in business that you go out of business that's their real that's objective right that's the way that's how it's designed and i've in some of my speeches i just say that's like regulatory marbles they just dump them out and say go pick those up go pick these up go pick these up and they keep you busy doing silly things and it's all in the name of um the green agenda the cl climate change we have um the climate hubs. I don't know if you're familiar with climate. The climate hubs. I've, not, I've never heard that phrase. Climate hubs. Okay, there's climate hubs and promise zones that rolled out during Obama's term. These climate hubs were brought in. We have one here in Oklahoma, and it was brought in um, to churn out science based on climate change. Is what it is, and they've just and it's to to reduce the carbon to keep us from emitting carbon, they, they're blaming the cat, cattle on climate change, which is, a, it's just all a hoax, all of this. But it's- Yeah, I'm a this, biologist by training and I can confirm that the science doesn't bear up the political agenda at all. No, the science is, but, is completely antithetical to it. Well, you see, I would be a little bit contrarian. I would submit a report that said, well, we have 3,500 head of, of black cattle and we've got 2,700 head of roan cattle, and we've got only 10,000 or 1,000 head of, of white cattle. So, you know, we're, we're compliant with the social aspect here. You know, yeah. ridicule's got to be our, our most potent weapon. That's, but what they do with the social part of it is um, how the public views our production practices. And they've caused a big concern over safe, like you're harming the animals by doing things that we've done for years and years. Um, and they just keep bringing in more and more regulations that um, keep us from being profitable within the animal production process. Um, See, I'm from upstate New York, and we're a very agricultural area. Apples, grapes for wine. Grapes. Mm -hmm. dairy cow dairy cattle etc and really when i go shopping i want my farmers to be producing goods that are in keeping with what people who think that their beef comes from styrofoam mm -hmm. trays i care about what they think people have no experience in the industry are you right. serious that 
that the social part of it is how the public views your your practices that that's, that's insane within, this, within the social model yeah social uh, yeah within the triple bottom line there's social act within i'll just give this as an example um in 2013 this sustainability model that jason clay had brought forth the world wildlife fund had seeped in 2013 they brought forth the sustainable initiatives for beef and within that is a un standards for human rights with that's like 27 or 28 guidelines that we have to follow they'll measure it you've got to verify it's monitor measure verify research and verify so or report and verify so they've got us trying to jump through all these hoops and it's un it says it in our this 2013 um sustainable guidelines for the beef cattle industry so it's sure but who's pushing this is it the department of agriculture they're part of it because all the all of the um federal agencies are involved in it now they, they've created public private partnerships are you familiar yeah. with those oh yeah I, okay. I am that's we need to yeah. we need to outlaw those those need to be outlawed because that's how they've got they've worked the system they brought that's yeah. one of their tools is a public private partnership so now all federal agencies are involved and it's it it, it was it's manifested into esg the have you heard of mm -hmm. esg oh yeah, yeah sure yeah so now that's what it's manifested but when i was watching it it was this triple bottom line i was watching them bring in these un standards that we were going to have to comply with if we wanted to market our beef and through the um it, i don't remember the year that they brought in the global roundtable for sustainable beef but world wildlife fund was behind that and the four yeah, see, and why is the world wildlife fund even even involved let, let them protect wildlife I, you know god love yeah. them protect wildlife that's but great that's, that's important but, but no no but keep your keep your nose out of chickens pigs and cows sorry you don't yeah. belong yeah no, but that's not their agenda is because they've got their nose in 15 different resources. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they've yeah. got it in dairy. They've got it in in um, palm oil. They've got it in the seafood industry. They're timber. They've just they're and they've come in and they're just dismantling the independent producer. That's all they're doing. And if you study the the International Union, you International Union for Conservation and Nature, IUCN, the, all of this goes back to eugenics, population yeah. control, Huxley. I don't know if you've studied the Huxleys. Oh, sure. And the robot, oh, yeah. All of that. that. That's where all that came from. So when you say, who is it? Well, I think now it's a lot of people, but I think it initiated with those guys. I think it. that's well, sure, that's where it came from. But I mean, who is requiring you? Who is requiring you in order to sell your cattle? Is it is it the state? Is it, I'm assuming it's not Oklahoma. It's got to be the, it, it, the now federal it's Department the, it's of Agriculture. It's this global roundtable for sustainable beef. Our marketers, the, the the people that we have to market to, and there's only four packers left. And, I want to get to the packer issue because we discussed that before. Uh, yeah. After these uh, quick messages. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. This past Saturday, before the South Carolina primary results were in, Donald Trump was at CPAC and he addressed the consequences of Joe Biden letting the illegal invasion 
into this country. It's migrant crime. It's a new category of crime. And I wanted to call it Biden migrant crime, but it's too long. So we just call it migrant crime. We have a new category, migrant crime, and it's going to be more severe than violent crime and crime as we knew it. Because we have millions and millions of people and they came from prisons and jails. They came from mental institutions and insane asylums. No, they're not the same thing. An insane asylum is a mental institution on steroids, okay? It's a silence of the land, okay? You know that. Hannibal Lecter! And here was his finishing touch. They're all being deposited into our country, and then you have terrorists, and then you have drugs, and then you have human traffickers, and they're coming over at levels never seen before. We've never seen anything like this. Vintage Donald Trump telling it like it is, the reason he walloped Nikki Haley on Saturday in South Carolina. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org You're listening to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Andrew, in addition to the regulations, we've seen a lot of weird things in the food processing industry. A few Cessnas have crashed into a few food processing plants. We had to kill 100,000 turkeys right before Thanksgiving, allegedly for a virus that birds weren't seem to be sick from. Uh, We've seen problems with chickens, with eggs, but particularly cattle. I remember the drought a few years ago, and uh, they weren't allowed to water the cattle sufficiently, and the cattle were just, you know, four legs up and, and bloated. We've now had wildfires in the panhandle of Texas that's starting to go into Oklahoma, as I understand, and it's not clear whether those wildfires have been set by humans. Uh, Really, with the lab-grown meat, the Franken-beef, as I like to call it, that I think is disgusting, printing printing artificial beef using a, a, a protein printer, as they call it, uh, the Incredible Burger, the only thing incredible about the Incredible Burger is that anybody could possibly think it was a burger. I love beef, and we need to have it as a primary protein source because uh, we've got a lot of a lot of people to feed. Why have they attacked this industry so badly? And I think one of the ways they're doing it, it's really with only four meatpacking companies now, uh, they're using the meat packers as a choke point, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, that's what they're doing. And they've got us now where if we don't follow these guide, this, the sustainable guidelines, we have no market. And um, that's the, where do you take your beef? Um, you're, you've got to have a market for them. We, my, we've, we've always, our ranch is always raised or we have a cow calf that's what we do cow calf means we raise mother mother cows 
have our they have calves. We raise our bulls, and then we send those cattle onto a feeding yard, feedlot, where they're fattened, and then it goes straight to the packer. Well, there used to be quite a few packers, and there was it was competitive market. Well, now it's it's gotten to that's no more. There's no competitive market unless you're in a specialty market. So, um, and they just have so much control. These the the remaining packers do so you just you you're it they've almost like put kind of like the the buffalo when they shot the indians had to take the buffalo and gather him and then shoot him and that was how mm -hmm. that's i kind of feel like that's how we we're in a they put us between a rock and a hard place a lot of us have to play that or you go out of business we've been we've been losing produce 20,000 a year cattle producers and 100 i think it was 100,000 in the last 5 years is what we've lost so just with inflation the cost of feed the cost of to keep your operation going fuel um and then all of this these regulations now with the market's good now the cattle market's good and a lot of times the cattle producer will forget about all of this stuff that's coming or that they're going to this global control, the centralized global control mechanism that's that we're seeing, but, but the markets fluctuate constantly, but right now we, sure. we see, we see a lot of um, good, a good market. And the, uh, uh, the fires you were referring to, we, we had rain today. So those are out. But we've lost a lot of cattle before in fires, and those are normal. Those, you know, the, that's normal for it to get windy and dry in the spring, and and somebody flip a cigarette out or something. So those are those are nat that's natural occurring. What isn't natural occurring is are the things you mentioned, like yeah, it's a little weird when all of those things happen at once, and I'm. I have a tinfoil hat or I've been known to have a tinfoil hat. People think that I do. I don't now. It's my kids brought me a t-shirt that said um, all of your um, conspiracy theories have come true or something like that. Anyway, I. Yeah, I don't call I, myself a conspiracy theorist. I call yeah. myself a pattern recognition expert, right? Because we okay. can read the <laughs> that's what when That's what it is. And that's what I've seen is just um, a pattern to, to all the things that are happening and there's so many sectors within the cattle industry right i'm not i'm not real versed on a lot of them i know our in i know what we do and we've done it for a hundred for over a hundred years and that's raise our our cow calf operation and then feed it out to the um we follow it on to the packer and to the but there's all there's all sectors there's the there's a stalker feeder and the veteran you got to have all of them for it to work and what they're doing is just taking a lot of these um sectors out or trying to remove them um and you're and what we're doing is just constantly battling these regulations for instance radio frequency id tags they were pushing that and the, and the people that are pushing this this is the it, our groups that have always been referred to as our our voice the national cattlemen's beef association 
is supposed to be on our side, yet they want us to jump through. They're pushing the global control mechanism, which is going to. Well, as you said, they've been infiltrated, right? They've been infiltrated. And our our corporate interests coming in and filling the gap, you said we've lost 100,000 independent cattle producers in the last five years. Our corporate interests coming in like they've done with corn, like they've done with soybeans, like they've done with wheat, putting small farmers out of business and having massive corporate farms. They have cattle. Yeah. The two of those those packers are Brazilian. So they yeah, they've got the they've got the cattle. Then they can bring those cattle over and label them product of US or the meat product of USA. So they've got we're we're fighting hard to get our label the labeling corrected. And and the people that are fighting against us are this this global roundtable for sustainable beef, beef cabal it's just a cabal i'll call it that and now we have the u.s roundtable for sustainable sustainable beef but it all has it has these this group of players the the packers the environmentalists are involved you've got your usda component you've got your federal government component in there because it's the usda because they they control the checkoff they control our checkoff so you've got these you've got this public private partnership more or less coming in and saying we don't want you to label your America we don't want your beef labeled and we're not going to Yeah and, and does that make sense I was Yeah I was well it doesn't make sense but I understand what you're saying if if, if that yeah, makes sense Yeah it doesn't sense. make it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense I was furious with Republicans a few years ago because they're the ones that voted to take country of origin labeling off of our meat. And it's it's ridiculous, Andrew, just with pork products, okay? Yes. Chinese, the Chinese bought Smithfield. Yes. And now we raise the hogs here and, and we ship them to China for processing. And then they come back here to be sold. It makes no sense to have two no trans-Pacific trips. Uh, yeah. I am greatly in favor of declaring uh, food raising food, uh, growing crops, raising uh, chickens, hogs, and cattle as being in the national interest. They need to be nationally protected industries. Uh, I think they should be. Food security, yes. Food security is a number one issue. I think we need to be protected from foreign ownership of our food supplies, likewise with pharmaceuticals, likewise with port and rail facilities, et cetera. We need to lock these down. And quite frankly, Andrea, we need someone like you or Brad as uh, Department of Agriculture Secretary to get these national uh, non-governmental organizations out to get these uh, World Wildlife Fund and and UN agencies out of our food supply chain. It would, we would love to. What we have to do, though, like I was at the Capitol yesterday, and that it's just almost a full-time job for us as our little independent group our Oklahoma independent stock growers, we're independent. So the guys are out working, (laughs) but that the other group has the luxury of using our dollar, the checkoff dollar to promote this. I'm just going to say we've been Schwabbed because that's Klaus Schwab. That's his intention is you'll own nothing and like it. And you'll eat. They want us eating insects. Some of these like Tyson, They've already started their ins- an insect plant, and and they're part of this global roundtable. So you've got you've got these packers playing into the 
no meat, the fake meat, the whatever you want to call it. They're they're in there, but there's a, while while they're pushing the regulations for us to be sustainable, that it's making no sense. It makes no absolutely no sense. You've got to wonder whether Soylent Green was just a movie or whether it's a training video. I think it's a training video. Yeah, because um, but the 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 sad part about it is you've got to educate the the legislators at the Capitol. That's a full time job is like because the lobbyists are there that are pushing this agenda, the Schwab agenda. And that's just what I've just come to. to the conclusion that that's who's behind this. Well, he's certainly one of the people. He's certainly one of the people that's been pushing this. But as you say, the UN, look, I I am a big opponent to the UN. I think it's long past time that we removed ourselves from the UN and and stop giving them power over our own citizens. When I pick up my, when you pick up your um, regulations that you're going to have to follow and UN is right there, it's like no why why would we need to do that my dad um he always wondered what what i was fighting he was he we lost him in 96 and i lost my mom last night so yeah i know condolences uh, on your mom's passing yeah anyway he he just grew up ranching that's all he ever knew but i gave him some one of these um groups here in oklahoma came out with all these guidelines, these UN guidelines and all this gibberish from the climate hubs and stuff and had written this outlandish piece, which isn't outlandish because they were going to, they were forcing us to follow it now, but he read it and it was promoting the climate hubs and the social environmental regulations. And he was, um, he had never understood what I was always fighting, but that day when he picked up this newsletter from this certain group and tried to read it, and he goes, I don't, they're telling me I don't know how to ranch and I'm not sustainable. He was just, a, he goes, now I know what you're fighting. And I was like, yep, this is, it's just, and this was one of our elite foundations, ag foundations here in Oklahoma. And he, he was, he goes, now I know what you do. You're fighting. Yeah. And as you said, ranching, there's always been ups and downs in ranching and, and government interference in ranching is nothing new. I mean, Will Rogers said back yes. in the 1930s that one yeah. of the problems was, you know, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm here to help you. <laughs> right. Are the is Yellowstone and it's it's prequel, uh, the two prequel series. Uh, 1886 and 1923, I think, are, are, have they been helpful in, in giving a more positive uh, reputation for the industry? They've raised awareness, I think, of what what's out here that we're, everyone loves cowboys. I mean, and yeah. they, so they're following that. Um, what I did notice one time was they're, I don't know if it was, um, I told my son, I said, I think they're promoting conservation easements in this one episode and I don't watch it. I'm just, I'll be honest. I don't, it's, I, I did watch 1893 and 19, whatever it was. Anyway, I did watch I think, yeah. 23 and it, it was just too, too much like what was happening to us. And so it was hard for me to watch Yellowstone. So I'm, but I was trying to catch up on a couple of episodes and went down to my sons and they were promoting these conservation easements, which 
can be bad because they're 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 promoted as being a way to protect your family not to you know you they can stay on the land that you just sign it over but the, it's in perpetuity when you put your signature on there the and it's usually an older person that signs it away thinking they're doing the right thing well that whole that's got a bag of tricks behind it and they're not good tricks the can, conservation easements can shut down your production on the because within that are social limitations and there's environmental limitations and there's it's a whole bag of of things that aren't good that can come from that but if yeah they, they always if, seem to hide they always seem to hide the devil in the details don't they yes yeah so i i the one episode that i did listen to it, they were promoting conservation that was the only way they were going to save their ranch was through a conservation easement and i was like no that's not right anyway well andrea i always think of you whenever i buy beef and i always am happy that i'm supporting a rancher when i buy beef it's one of my favorite proteins i eat i do eat chicken pork and fish but but beef is one of my favorites what can people who do like beef do to make sure that they and their children and their grandchildren can continue to enjoy nice, thick, juicy porterhouse steaks. I think demand product of U.S. label be be um, truthful that you want to know where that that steak or hamburger came from, and demand that we reinstate mandatory country of origin labeling, and per, and know that you're not that they're not purchasing something from Mexico, I mean, from it, I don't know how many other countries are bringing it in today, but there's a lot of them. So well, they um, do it for seafood, right? Are all of our yeah, fish is labeled, our shrimp everything. are labeled, et cetera. So we should have so it for our beef as well. We should have it for our beef. So I would, dem I would say that demand that, that mandatory country of origin labeling would um, be reinstated. And so it sounds like we need to contact our representatives and really push them hard yes. uh, and to I pass legislation. The local, like I'm having to do it locally. And I know we've got people in the, like great people like Harriet Hagman and Tracy Hunt and um, American Stewards of Liberty, Margaret Byfield. Those people are working constantly at the, at the federal level, but, I just think it's so important that we make our voices heard at the local level too, because at our state, and I, it, I don't like to do that. I don't go to the capital and hang out because I like home. I like to stay home, and it's a, it's a hundred miles. Um, for that is a long day. way, but you're doing the Lord's work, Andrea. Can't thank you yeah. enough for coming on. Very informative interview. Uh, and it's always lovely to talk to you. Folks, support your local beef rancher and contact your representative. Tell them you want country of label origin back on, on our beef. That's it for tonight's Thank Reckoning. You. Stay tuned on TNT for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight. <laughs>